So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. At last we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last we will have revenge. Always do get hard. Good. Twice the pride, double the fall. You are the chosen one! That's right, the theme music is back, which means we are back on Roll On Gaming. Welcome to another episode. Joined, as always, by my brother Corwin. I am Kevin and Corwin. We gotta talk here, because it's been a minute. We've had some really exciting developments in the world of Star Wars Unlimited. So what have you seen that has really, really gotten you more amped up for what is now, in December, only three months away? Yeah, we're getting there. Um, I, I mean... Obviously, a lot of new cards, some really cool stuff coming out on the spoiler front. And then I really enjoyed that stream this week, Kevin, the uh, competitive gameplay between uh, Tyler and, and Jeremy. Really, really good stuff. So definitely um, plenty of content to keep us excited and keep us uh, keep the hype train rolling for this game. Yeah, absolutely. We we got to see some, some gameplay with some constructed decks. Uh, obviously, they were still the starter leaders, but there were some modifications on either side. A little bit more modification on Tyler's side uh, because he did add some new cards. We'll talk about some of them here. Um, but really, uh, yes, we will. really a great time to be a fan of Star Wars Unlimited because uh, the the aspect months are over. So now it's, it's the complete unknown. Uh, we know we're still going to be getting uh, a steady stream of card reveals uh, because they mentioned that uh, on both the stream and on social channels. Um, but we don't actually know what it is. So it's going to be excitement all around. Uh, it's not going to be limited to one aspect or another, at least not that we know of. Uh, and we're going to just keep ramping up until release. But what we're going to do today, now that, now that the the aspect uh, month of November, which was cutting, uh, is over, uh, is we're going to go back and we're going to revisit some of our favorite cards and some of the cards that we think are the best cards that we saw in the month of November. Uh, because I think, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I think November might have been one of the most exciting months we've had in terms of card reveals for Star Wars Unlimited. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. I mean, if if you look at the entire package of spoilers, I think it it's a more complete package than maybe some of the other months that preceded it. So I, I, I would I would agree with that sentiment, Kevin. Well, and considering December is the month of opening packages, uh, we are going to dive into the package <laughs> and we'll see what we get. So let's let's jump into it. We're gonna do our we're gonna do our top ten. Uh, cards of the month. Again, it's going to be a mix between our favorites and what we think are the best cards that we've seen. Uh, but before we get into the list, I just want to say to all the people who have continued to support us, I know it's been a while since we've brought out an episode. Uh, thank you for sticking with us and for listening and for interacting with us on social media. Uh, again, the holidays, you know, it's tough to coordinate schedules sometimes, um, but we're just as excited about this game as we ever have been. And we're going to continue to put out content all the way up through release and continuing on through the life of the game. Um, so thank you uh, in advance. I just wanted to make sure I got that out. Um, if you are new to the channel, again, we are going to be regularly posting Star Wars Unlimited content as regularly as we can. So please feel free to like the video and hit subscribe uh, if you are new. But let's get into what didn't quite make the cut of our top 10. And that's going to be the honorable mentions. And I first wanted to talk about Greedo because Greedo has been taking uh, the Star Wars Unlimited universe by storm. I mean, this is the this is a, a unit that you can play on both sides that has the stats of a Death Star Stormtrooper, but you can hit for five instead of three. I mean, I really think that this card is super 
undervalued as an uncommon. Like, this could be a rare, and I would not bat an eyelash. I mean, Greedo has a lot. Like, you could put Greedo in any deck and be happy with it. I, I think this card's been awesome. Um, just seeing people, you know, do plays with it and, and you know, discard a card and, and get that extra two damage. Greedo's got a lot of value. I, I, and, you know, th thematic as well, which helps. Yeah, no question on the value. And also even additional upside beyond the value. And I think that, for me anyway, is going to be a, a theme of the conversation here. Greedo becoming in at, at three attack for one, huge. And then that ability to potentially deal two more on defeat, which he's going to be easily defeated with his one health. So um, I think really, really nice, efficient cards. Um, probably goes in every cunning deck at this point, Kevin. What do you think? I mean, it, if it's not in a cunning deck, you're doing it wrong, I think, at this point. And yeah. I think if you if you had to nitpick a negative with Greedo, it's his traits. Like right now, we haven't seen any sort of synergy with Underworld or Bounty Hunter. But mm. at, at a at a one drop, I don't think it needs any help from traits because it's not lasting yeah. very long. It's good enough to stand on its own for one, absolutely. Yeah. So we love Greedo. Uh, we also are enjoying the concept of Outmaneuver. Now, Corwin, this is one you wanted to highlight. What made Outmaneuver one of your honorable mentions here? I mean, I just think anytime you can hit a panic button, it's, it, you know, it's interesting. Um, we saw what kind of work cards like Hyperspace Jump did in Star Wars Destiny and um, how powerful those types of cards could be in the right deck. And I think Outmaneuver sort of fits the bill here, being able to exhaust everything in an arena that you're struggling to keep up in uh, and maybe help you catch up a little bit. Um, seems seems like a, a very viable way to help you get back in the game. And at three costs, I don't think it's super prohibitive. So I think, I think this is a good card, and I'll be curious to see where it ends up in the, in the, greater, the greater gameplay. I think the thing I like the most about Outmaneuver is that I, I, I found that when I'm looking at some deck builds online, there aren't necessarily always a ton of space units that are out there. And I think if you're playing a deck that doesn't really have a, a way to consistently remove units from the board, you're going to struggle if your opponent even gets two units in space um, and you don't have an answer right away because they're just going to be, you know, sitting there unmolested, taking pot shots at your base and and then you're in trouble. So I think without maneuver, giving you that sort of breathing room, hey, you know, if I take initiative here, you know, they, they've got some units in space. I don't have an answer for that yet. Let me buy myself around, exhaust those <laughs> units, make sure they don't hurt me like they've been hurting me, uh, and then hopefully I can draw into some removal, a space unit to deal with them, maybe even a Sentinel. Like, you know, let's see what we can get with an extra round of not being dealt all this damage. So I think in that sense, you know, that's it's going to be really useful. And then obviously the same goes, you know, if you're the space player uh, and your opponent has a bunch of ground units and you don't have an answer for it yet, Outmaneuver is really going to help you out there. I totally agree with all of that. I think it's it just has the ability to get you out of very sticky situations, and those cards, I think, will always have a place somewhere. So you also wanted to hit on, speaking of space units, you wanted to hit on Outer Rim Headhunter. And this is a card that I think has floated around a little bit in discussions for deck building. Um, I do think the, the ability uh, of on attack to, if you control a leader unit, you may exhaust a non-leader unit is really powerful. 
Um, the timing is going to be the biggest factor for when you are playing Outer Rim Headhunter, but there's also some flexibility there. What do you like about this card? Yeah, I think it's the ability really that highlights it for me. That it, and also what makes it an honorable mention because you're not always going to be able to get it off. Um, it's very dependent on coming in later in the game. But even without that, having a, a, a potential 2-3 coming in for 2 is nice. And then you've got the upside of potentially an exhaust on attack, um, which I think is just really strong for 2. It can go on either side um, you know, with, with no heroism or villainy aspect. It's got some good traits there. So I think, I think this is a card that is is definitely one to not sleep on and one that i'll be definitely considering for space um you know we don't know too much about what cunning is going to bring in space yet but i think this is definitely going to be a, a solid option at least at the get-go do you feel worse about it if it's your only round one two drop in your opening hand right because two two costs for a one three in space it does have the raid one, but did, is this something that you want to see as an opening round drop? Or are you hoping for like other things to drop and then saving this for late game? Yeah, it's definitely not first thing that's hitting the board. I just don't see it having enough value to carry. I mean, unless there's nothing else to do, fine. Right, but... and that's the thing. It's like, do you, <laughs> do you hold this? I mean, I don't think you do. I think you got to get board presence early but when you use this to get your board presence is that more of a feel bad um i think again it's it's not a terrible body for two so i don't hate the fact that it's coming into space first but i definitely would prefer many many other things for two uh in my opening hand in this card so i and again that's why i don't think it's quite making the list i think it's it's interesting um, as a fringe card, but I don't know that it's going to necessarily be super impactful all the time, and that's part of the beauty of the design of it. Well, it makes sense that it's a fringe card because it says fringe right on the traits there. It's, it's, uh, that was on purpose, Kevin. Oh, wow. oh, wow. Look at you <laughs> making puns. How about that? Uh, all right, and the last honorable mention that we want to talk about is one that I think is, is more intriguing than anything because... Uh, I don't think we've we've had a chance to explore its full potential yet. And that's one of the newest leaders on the block, Jin Urso. So Jin uh, deploys on six resources. The leader side had, has the action that if you exhaust Jin, you can attack with a unit and the defender gets minus one, minus zero for the attack. Then when you deploy Jin for six, it's a four, seven rebel. Uh, and well, while a friendly unit is attacking, the defender gets minus one, minus zero. So... Value trades are going to be awesome with Jin, right? You're going to, your your units are going to have more survivability. You're going to be able um, to take some more hits, you know, and, and maybe there are some cards that synergize with your damage units, like we've seen a lot of uh, on the villain side with Krennic and with something like Academy Defense Walker. Um, so that's really good. 4-7 uh, is a solid, uh, is a solid stat line for Jin at 6, I think. Unfortunately, Jin runs into the problem where Boba Fett has the same stat line for one less resource. Um, so it's going to be a decision point there within the same aspect of, well, do I play Jin or do I just play Boba Fett for, you know, that deploys a, a round earlier? Um, and the other thing I, I would say about Jin is 
I don't know how valuable that ability is going to be when the object of the game is eventually to hit base, right? You know, it, this is going to be really good for your trades. It's going to be really good at deleting your opponent's units, and maybe that's the point. You're able to, to survive enough encounters with your opponent's units to still be able to have enough units on the board to do good things and hit and hit your opponent's base. But if you're attacking the units, you're not attacking the base. So finding that balance is going to be really crucial with Jindex uh, to see sort of how she's able to get her win condition off. What do you think about Jin Ursa? Yeah, I think I think that's right. And I think more support for her is probably coming. We I think just in this month, as we've been seeing more cunning cards, we've seen more of this theme of, oh, instead of just straight damage, I'm going to reduce attack and, and defense with, with cunning. And so... Um, she definitely seems to fit in with that. I also think that, you know, as far as the comparison with with Boba, it was an interesting point that was made on the stream where you had the idea of an ability that's always able to be triggered pretty much versus an ability that may not always provide value. And so um, I think that's an interesting design sandbox to play around in. So, I, I mean, I'm excited for Jin. I think uh, the fact that she's a rebel is also great. Um, and I think that there's there's a lot of, obviously, play we've already seen there with with the rebel trait. So, um, you know, good body, I think, for six. And, and we'll be curious to see what other support she gets. I think she could be interesting. Yeah, and we know Producer Pops is going to be really excited to play with Jin. Oh, also, yeah. So that helps. Uh, so those are the lock ones. It. Lock, lock it in. <laughs> those are the ones that qu didn't quite make the cut. Uh, so we're going to get into our top 10. We each pick five uh, and rank them as, as, accordingly. Um, just because, you know, I'm better looking, mine will be mine will be second, so I'll get the number one pick. But uh, aside from that, we're going to start with Corwin's number five, which was Black One. Now, Corwin, when this card was revealed on Discord, it caused a lot of discourse. Uh, so I want to hear from you what you like about Black One, because... On the surface, you're getting a, maybe an overcosted card. You know, six resources for a 4-4 space unit. It is double aspect, and it does have the ability, when played or defeated, you may discard your hand, and if you do, draw three cards. Now, this is a legendary, Corwin. So, for a legendary, you're looking for some value here. Now, what what is it that, that makes this card worthy of recognition in your top five? Well, to be clear, I'm not sure that it's actually a great card, no. but it's a card that it has a, a special place for me as someone who was a Poe Dameron player almost exclusively in Star Wars Destiny. I loved Poe, and I am definitely excited to see what Poe is going to look like in Unlimited. So the fact that Black One is even an option in Set One is amazing, um, and something that you know thematically and for my own love of Star Wars, I'm very excited about. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't like the four, four for six. That feels bad. Um, I do like the ability though, especially because you could potentially trigger it twice. Um, and by the time you get to six, you know, the hand is going to get, be getting pretty thin potentially granted, you know, this is a, this is an aggression card. So maybe you've got some card draw built in, but, um, you know, for a situation where you're you're running low on options, being able to draw three is uh, is pretty nice. So I at least like that. Um, 
but it it really makes the list only because of you know it, my personal connection to it, and not so much for it being a great card. So the fact that you referred to him as Poe Dameron and not Poe the Goat is is a sign of uh, the fact that you need to you need to get back into the swing of things. Let's... Well, he he's not the goat yet. We don't we don't know how he's oh, going to show up okay. in this game. Okay, but he he was definitely the Destiny Goat for sure. Fair enough. Um, I think this ability is going to be useful in one instance and one instance only when black one is the last card that is played out of your hand um because you're still going to get to draw three by discarding zero and i i don't i don't know i don't know how you know you you don't get to control necessarily when it's defeated unless you play it with ambush and just swing into something but then again why would you do that so i i worry about Again, the the value of of the ability. That being said, drawing cards is really good. Drawing three of them is really good. So, you know, if you're able to keep Black One on board after you played it as the last card in your hand, long enough for you to play those cards that you drew, and then when Black One goes away, you're in a great spot to just draw more cards. I think that's fine. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, again, that timing window is going to be so narrow that this is a dicey play for me. I, I'll I'll say this. When I pull a legendary black one in my Star Wars Unlimited boxes, uh, that'll be a very quick uh, trade target to you. So you can, we can just. <laughs> then we'll talk, Kevin. Then, yeah, uh... Deliver that right on over. It'll be nice. <laughs> Speaking of legendaries. My number five card is one that I'm very excited about, and others may not be, but you know what? It still looks cool. And that is the Devastator. Uh, the Devastator we we talked about on a previous episode, um, but, you know, these big units have to have an immediate impact. And Devastator is one of those that is going to have an immediate impact, even if it immediately gets waylaid from the board. Because you're dealing damage equal to the number of resources you control, which right now is a minimum of seven, and that's only if you're playing Galactic Ambition. Otherwise, it's ten, so you're knocking, you're wiping out something completely from the board, uh, unless they're completely Voltroning uh, and have you know an obscene amount of of HP. But Devastator is going to deal ten damage as soon as it hits the board. The Sentinel is going to help save you if it's the only space unit you have on your side against uh, you know your opponent's fleet. And honestly. If you're playing the Devastator when you have Admiral Piet and you're able to ambush into a unit and then hit the base with the Overwhelm, I mean, you're you're laughing. Like, this card is going to be uh, really fun to play. Again, the viability of a 10-cost unit remains to be seen. We have seen that Ramp is a really viable thing to do so far in Star Wars Unlimited. But it's also a Star Destroyer, and it's sick. And I want it on a playmat, and I want it in hyperspace, and I want all of it. Uh, what do you like about the Devastator here? Uh, everything. <laughs> Thank you. We did it. I mean, no, this is this is a fantastic card, and um, even if it is ten, I mean, it's it's worth every penny. It's worth it. You get you really get a lot of punch for this for the ten resources. Um, you know that that when played ability, it's it's basically anything you want coming off the board, and then Sentinel on top of that <laughs> with its ten health. Good luck trying to trying to have success in space 
um, after this hits the board, unless you have a way to, like you said, bounce it back. So, no, I, I, I love Devastator. I think it's one of the best cards we've seen in the entire game so far. And, um, and I think in Villain Command, you have very reliable ways of getting to that 10 resources quickly. So it's very scary <laughs> to be sitting across from a deck that's running this. Well, I should have put it higher on my list then, but uh, this was this was one of the first cards that we that we saw in November. So it's interesting that it sort of withstood the 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 onslaught of the month and made it uh, into our top five uh, again. Uh, this was uh, revealed by uh, Brett Ballet on on YouTube, uh, and I'll make sure to link that down in the description box below. They also revealed uh, Ardent Sympathizer, which did not quite make the list. Uh, but Devastator, awesome. Super pumped about it. Uh, so, Corwin, let's look at your number four card here. And it's Jedi Lightsaber, one of the last cards revealed uh, in the month of November. Uh, Jedi Lightsaber is great. I mean, there's not a ton to say about it. But what what puts it on another level for you than some of these other lightsabers that we've seen to this point? Well, I think, honestly, all of the lightsabers we've seen to this point have looked very strong. So it, it's hard not to choose the latest lightsaber when we're doing a, a top 10 list because these upgrades are just really really good um for three being able to pump up plus three plus three and then you know the additional ability to you know reduce um you know hp and, and attack um you know if, if he goes on a force unit like and and it, there's plenty of force units right in in hero vigilance so a lot of targets for this card. It's it only comes in at three, which I think is is very reasonable, and it's just a very solid upgrade. You know, like you said, not much more to say. It's just very very strong and something that I think any blue blue hero vigilance deck wants. I have a two part question for you because I also like Jedi lightsaber. I, I especially like the fact that it's a rare um, and not a legendary um, because mm -hmm. again, legendaries are going to be so hard to find. Um, I I think we've sort of seen the the strength of lightsabers between this uh and the fallen lightsaber um and then obviously luke and vader saber which are you know inherent to those um characters but do you think that just the existence of these four lightsabers that we've seen um and then some of the other upgrades like entrenched that have really sort of been a staple in deck building um, do you think they on their own are enough to push upgrades sort of into the conversation for like must includes in every deck or are we at a spot where like right now just force units should be playing upgrades and everything else is just sort of you know flavor to taste like where do you land on on upgrades in deck building well i think they definitely have a place i don't know that i would say there must include at this point, because I do think that some of them are a little bit more situational. Um, although, side note about Entrenched, fantastic card. Um, I think, yeah, I think these lightsabers in particular, um, they, they, I, I still see them as going in very specific decks. I don't see them being universally played, at least not yet. Um, but I do think that there is... A lot of value in each of them even outside of the extra ability you get from a force unit so i think they're interesting at least for that reason but i'm not at a point yet where i'm you know putting a jedi lightsaber in a deck that's not running a bunch of force units i, I just don't know that i can 
justify it as much for for that three cost would you would you rather have jedi lightsaber or fallen lightsaber jedi lightsaber fair enough uh, i think it's a great card i think you know lowering the the hp part of your opponent you know on attack giving the defender minus two minus two for the phase is awesome yeah. and it's probably better Super than good. what fallen lightsaber does but uh i can't play jedi lightsaber in a villain deck so i don't like it as much <laughs> I guess I could, because there are unlimited possibilities. Uh, so my number four card of the month is going to be who else? Grand Admiral Thrawn. Now there's been a, there's been a lot of uh, a, a lot of recent slander about Grand Admiral Thrawn, and I'm going to respond very strongly to that right now. No, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. Uh, it's it, it, there's a lot of discourse about Grand Admiral Thrawn, and rightfully so, because. I don't think we've reached his full potential yet, and I and I I freely admit that I think that he's a, a card that's going to be really good. I just don't know that we're there yet, and I'm going to try to keep getting us there. Um, tune into the next episode of the Thronicles whenever we release it. But uh, I think that Grand Admiral Thrawn uh, is going to have some value based on a couple key principles. One, the ability to exhaust your opponent's units is valuable, and we've seen that already. So the fact that you can do it without playing a card is good. Yes, it is slow. Uh, yes, it may not always be active, but the fact that you're able to do it, uh, that is something that is going to help you achieve your win condition. The other thing is the fact that he has nine health. Nine health is a crazy number, uh, especially if you're trying to keep your leader on your board for things like Outer Rim Headhunter. For things like rugged survivors, um, for the simple fact that there are a lot of cards that don't hit leaders, like non-leader units. Uh, so I think Grand Admiral Thrawn is going to get there, and I think he's going to get there soon. I just don't think he's going to get there on December fourth, uh, because there, there, there are cards that he has at his disposal that are really good. I think he needs more of them, and I think. Time will tell about him, but I'm really excited to play him, so that's why he's on my list. Yeah, I'm surprised he's not higher because you were you've been pumping the the Thrawn hype for weeks. Um, but uh, but yes, he is a, a leader that is going to reward skill. He is a leader that is going to be very annoying to play against in the right hands. And he gives you free information, which I think we shouldn't lose sight of. Being able to look at both decks and see what's coming is definitely not something you can understate. So I do like Thrawn. I think he, in the right hands, he's going to be a very powerful leader at the end of the day. Well, you can understate it if, you, if you're like me and you have the memory of a squirrel. But um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to do my best to not take notes and, and remember things when I'm looking at the top of people's decks. But I'm really excited about Thrawn. As I'm sure you can tell, um, and I I don't begrudge people for not being excited about him, uh, because you know he's not going to be for everybody, and that's okay. You know you can play what you want in this game, and I think that's the the beautiful thing about it. Um, so we'll see how how competitive he ends up being, but I I think he's going to be fun, and for now that's all that matters to me. So let's move on to your number three card uh, of the month of November, uh, and that is Partisan Insurgent. Now this is one. That was just recently revealed by Tower Number Nine. Link below in the description. Uh, they also revealed Wilderness Fighter, uh, which did not make the list, uh, but Partisan Insurgent did. 
two cost single aspect aggression unit. Uh, you're getting a 1-4 Rebel Trooper that uh, has the ability while you control another aggression unit, this unit gains raid 2. Corwin, what do you like about Partisan Insurgent and why is it on your list at number 3? Yeah, it's 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 purely the upside of it. I think being able to get potentially a three four on the board for two is huge, and it's you know this card and the next card of of mine we'll talk about. I think it are kind of falling in the same vein for me, where you can get these units very early on that can really pack a punch relative to their peers at two resources. So I think purely because of the fact that this can turn into a 3-4 for such a, a reasonable cost. I, I really like it. And I think it's um, it's it's something that I'm going to eye very closely when I'm putting aggression decks together. Figuring out ways to you know get some, get some early aggression units on the board to fuel this ability. I'll tell you the thing I like about this is that I can play it in a villain deck. Because, mm -hmm. because despite the fact that it's a rebel, I mean, getting that, that 4 HP on the board uh, early is something that is proven to be you know sticking power is important mm -hmm. um and then you know if i'm playing this you know say for the sake of argument in a grand inquisitor deck uh i could use it right away now it's only going to do one probably if i play it on you know on round one but you know this is something that i can potentially wait and use twice on round two hit for three play another unit unexhaust partisan hit for three more that sounds great um Two costs is, is a wild cost for this, but, you know, again, conditional. You have to have that other aggression unit. So decks that can go wide, um, I think you're going to see more of them uh, potentially in heroism decks than you are in villainy decks, unless IG-88 becomes popular. Not likely. Um, but we'll see, we'll see what we get uh, on that front. Uh, but Partisan Insurgent does seem like a, a red hero staple for sure. And might might also be a red villain staple with the, the amount of value that you can get. Yeah, I mean it. This this unit alone really wants, really has me wanting to look at Leia with red, just to kind of see how how that rebel trait can trigger and and maximize. Um, yeah, seems like it could be a thing. So, I, I yeah, I'm really excited about this card. I think it's it's um, it's definitely going to see play in my opinion. It is wild to have this on board with an A wing. And just threaten six in one action on round three. Like, that's crazy. So, Partisan Insurgent, yeah, seems like a good card. Pretty excited about it. Uh, my number three card of the month uh, is No Good to Me Dead. This one's self explanatory. I think this is one of the best cards in the, in the whole game, not just in November. Um, two costs to exhaust a, a unit for two rounds uh, is insane. Um, Ridiculous. I love the fact <laughs> that it's limited to villainy um, so that. Hopefully I can sort of eliminate it as a possibility when I'm playing a Heroes in Beck, although it might be good enough to play at four. It might it might just be that good. You're exhausting a unit for two rounds. Like, that's awesome. Um, art's great. Aesthetic is great. Ability's great. This is this is this is a top ten card in the game, not just in November. So I'm I'm really excited to to use No Good to Be Dead and and I've already put it in every single cunning deck that I've t made to this point. Yeah, you said it all. I have nothing to add. It's it's a tremendous card and is top tier. Well, sparkling analysis from Corwin there, so we'll move on. But <laughs> again, this the, there's there's not a ton to say about this. It's 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 
No, it's just, just that good. Purely good. So if you're not playing No Good to Me Dead in your cunning decks, put it in. You won't regret it. It's awesome. Uh, your number two card of November is Battlefield Marine. Now this is this is a this is a vanilla card. This is a card on uh, 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 HP and 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 attack on a stick. Why why is this number two for you? Again, it's the same kind of concept as Partisan Insurgent. Like the the three three body for two is just really solid compared to everything else we've seen at the two resource price point thus far. It it's just it's something that you can just kind of put out there round one and feel really good about as having some staying power. Um, you, you know, you can then potentially throw upgrades on it and make it, you know, really beefy. This card feels pretty good with an entrenched, you know, even if it can't hit the base, um, it's card feels good with Leia. This card, I, I just, I think this, this is going to be, if, if I'm in command hero, I think this is a staple personally based on, what we've seen so far and i think when you know if, if you're looking at a card as a staple it's it's got to rank pretty high so i i'm really impressed with with battlefield marine it's it's um it's a card i see myself using a lot i think we're reaching the point in things like specifically in hero right now with cards that you have access to like battlefield marine partisan insurgent a wing I know Greedo is a is a uh, not it's a neutral for lack of a better word card. Greedo's in there. I wonder if we're reaching a point where the standard for deck building is going to be: Can I get three on the board immediately? Can I threaten three on round one? Because that's what you're getting with all these cards. And you know, there's there's an aspect of that too in in villainy with Death Star Stormtrooper. Again, they have mm -hmm. access to Greedo and Partisan Insurgent as well, so so it might be it might be both aspects where or, uh, yeah of heroism and villainy, where it's like okay, the effective decks are not going to settle for a Tie Fighter or an Outer Rim Headhunter on round one because they can't do three damage. Do you think we're sort of getting to that point as more cards are being revealed that having three on board? on the the first round of the game is going to be what people strive for? I do. Yes. I I think I think we're headed that way just based on what is being being shared and the more of these really really good options we see the more some of those other earlier spoils kind of get pushed out. And I think you know, if you're going to come in at 2 and not have 3 attack, you better have something else to make up for it. And I think there are cards that do. I mean, I still think that Unit Leia is the best card we've seen in the entire set. Um, but yeah. like that, that is, to me, that is the type of impact that you need to have if you're not going to be bringing, you know, the extra damage to the board. Um, and so, yeah, I think Battlefield Marine is is kind of the poster child for that movement. And I think. We saw him do a lot of work in the stream this week, and that sort of validated my feelings on him that I already had. So, um, uh, really, really, just kind of like solid, solid option for for your um, your command decks, and and will want to make me find a way to get command if I don't have it already with my leader. Yeah, I think yeah. To your point, I think if you're not Leia or regional governor, you better be hitting for three. 
Uh, and regional oh, governor was one that we did not put on this list. Um, I think the consensus was uh, that it was a card that was too smart for us. Uh, so, but I, I do expect... At least for now. <laughs> yeah, I do expect regional governor to see uh, a ton of play, and that's a two cost that does not hit for three. Um, so, so worth a mention, but uh, we did not put regional governor here. Uh, if you're angry about that, you can let us know in the comments below. My number two card of November is... This is it was an easy one as soon as I saw it. It's Fifth Brother. Um, Fifth Brother, I think, is phenomenal value for three resources. Uh, you're getting a 2-4 body that gets raid one for each damage on him. You can already deal that damage with his on attack ability, dealing one to him to deal damage, one damage to another ground unit. This card is amazing in Director Krennic decks. Uh, it's also good, obviously, in Grand Inquisitor decks. But really, it's good in any villainy aggression deck because Fifth Brother gives you an early force unit to put a lightsaber on, to use force choke with. Uh, it's an Imperial, so you can use it um, with Tarkin. You can use it um, with maximum firepower if you need to, especially if it has a lightsaber on it. I really like this card, and at an uncommon, I think this is going to be a card that, that has... Tremendous value for you when it's damaged. Keep it alive as long as possible. Hit for big swings. Use its ability. Fifth Brother's tremendous, and I and I think it's it's a really really uh, exciting card that's going to open up a lot of possibilities for you in villain decks. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's right. I don't think I'm as high on him as you are, but I also think that's just because I I'm not quite sold yet on the idea and the mechanic of, you know, dealing damage to myself to deal damage to you and how that is all going to fit into the aggression model. So maybe as my thoughts form more on that, I'll elevate this card a little bit more. Um, but I do agree that for three, in, in a deck that wants to be aggressive, you you have a nice value option here. And I think your point is well taken about the early force unit being able to trigger some of those other really nice effects that villain can bring. Um, yeah, seems strong for those reasons for sure. Now, dealing damage to yourself to deal damage to your opponent. Sabine would like a word. Um, Cause I think the Sabine leaders is proven to be really strong in the early, in the early testing quote unquote. But um, yeah, I, I think, I think fifth brothers going to open up some awesome plays um, so I'm really excited to see what people do with Fifth Brother. Um, and I, I'm for sure going to be putting him in every red deck that I make. Um, which is why he's that's so high on the list. And I mean, the art is tremendous. Like, yeah, very cool art. Oh, I, need, I, need this in a, I need this in a in a hyperspace. I need every card in a hyperspace. That's we need I'm every doing. card in a hyperspace. Oh, They're yeah, all so good. I know. <laughs> uh, all right. So your number one best card of November, the one you think was the best one that we saw this month unit luke i mean this we we just saw it yeah <laughs> this this unit luke uh it's incredible All right so for those of you who didn't watch the stream seven cost for a ground unit that is vigilance and heroism you're getting a six seven force jedi rebel it's a legendary that has restore three crazy when you play Luke Skywalker, you can give an enemy unit minus three, minus three for this phase. If a friendly unit was defeated this phase, give that enemy unit minus six, minus six for this phase instead. So you can, 
If there's if there's a unit with six or less health, either printed or remaining, it's it's you can just wipe it from the board just by playing Luke Skywalker, which is better than Dooku. You know, Dooku's ability obviously with the with the four uh, instead of the six. Um, even if you're doing it with a minus three, minus three, it's still gonna find some value. The restore three is crazy. I mean, Corwin, wax poetic because this there's a lot to be said about this card here. Yes, heroes have reason to be excited for Unit Luke. He's um, he's everything you want in a seven cost unit, I think, and I think that's probably true for all of the seven cost units that we've seen come out so far. They none of them have failed to disappoint, in my opinion. Um, at least the unique ones. Ninety seventh Legion, eh. but like the other that's ones. That's a unique one, though. That's a unique one. Okay, fair, but I, I mean, it's it's not like you know an iconic unique one. Fair. Um, I think Luke. I think Mace. I think Han. Like heroes have a lot to be excited about with these big units hitting the board. Um, and so Luke, yeah, Luke does not disappoint. Uh, Restore three fits the mold of vigilance. He's a force user. Um, he's got the rebel trait. He's take probably taking something out when he hits the board. Um, cause I think his, is the six, six is pretty easy to trigger. So, um, I don't, I don't think it's going to take too much to, to get to that. And, um, yeah, I just, I, I think overall he's, he is the, the shining Jedi Knight of the, of the November reveals. Um, just really, really in love with this card. I, this card is everything you want in a high cost legendary unit I, this card will swing games mm -hmm. in your favor um <laughs> it'll literally turn the tide of what your opponent's trying to do to you because it's going to take out a unit and then when it gets to attack it's restoring three like that's a crazy number i still can't get over the fact that this is a restore three unit but it's deserving because it's luke and it's you know the the face of the the galactic silver war for 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 heroism so, you know, of course it's going to be awesome. Um, it makes me really excited to see what we're going to get out of a Vader unit. Uh, I mean, I'm salivating, yeah. basically, thinking about what we could get from a Vader unit if this is the Luke we're getting, because this Luke is tremendous. Uh, mm -hmm. And you know they're not going to make a bad Vader, because if they do that, it's, what are we doing? <laughs> so that's exciting. But, yeah, I mean, I think, like, this is one of those cards where you look at it and you go, I mean, even if you're even if you're just an observer of the game, if you play this Luke Skywalker and somebody is watching Star Wars Unlimited be played in person, they're going to be like, I want to play that game because what Luke just did is awesome and it looks great and it does great stuff. And it's, I mean, for, for the cost, like it's, it's affordable for the cost of all the stuff you're getting for seven. I would pay seven resources for this in a heartbeat. Like, I think, I think this is one of those where. You know, you have those few cards in a in a in a game like this that has such a a dedicated and specific IP that when you see this card being played, it makes you want to play with it. It makes you want to do what you just saw happen. And I think I think that's what you're getting with Luke Skywalker. I think this is a complete home run, and nobody is going to be disappointed to open this in their box, no matter what faction you're playing. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean. There are a lot of cards we've seen already, almost half the set, maybe even more than half the set at this point. And this unit, Luke, is one of the few I can point to and say, 
I hope that this is in my first pre-release box mm -hmm. because it's just that it's just that good and that iconic and that cool and that Star Wars. Yeah, it is quintessential Star Wars, um, and yeah, it's we're 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 under a hundred cards left to be spoiled, and this is definitely up there among some of the coolest and some of the best, and and it's really exciting. But is it as good as the number one card of November? <laughs> Uh, as determined by the fact that I went last uh, and nothing else. Uh, and that is that is the card that is the namesake of the month. That is cunning. Now, it, it is it is no surprise here that we've saved a couple legendaries for last. They're going to be a, li a little bit harder to build around and play around in some cases, but cunning is, in my opinion, the best double aspect card that we've seen, and I don't think it's particularly close. Um, I think this is the card that makes you want to play double aspect more than any card that we've seen. Um, I think it's one that, again, you know, if we're talking about, do you, are you excited to open this card? The answer is yes. Um, the, the, every single one of these options, return a non-leader unit with four or less power to its owner's hand, give a unit plus four plus zero for this phase, exhaust up to two units, or have an opponent discard a random card from their hand. Every single one of those abilities is useful. And we can't necessarily say that about the other three uh, aspect named cards. I think Cunning is incredible. And I think that it's going to it's going to make people want to play double Cunning. And it, it shouldn't surprise anybody that during the Q&A with the designers, uh, several of them said that their favorite deck was cunning cunning as a pairing i i i don't know what else is coming to facilitate that but even if it's just this card doesn't seem like a bad idea no it doesn't it, and yeah i mean I, it's hard to argue the point that this is the best of the the double aspects um you know dedicated cards i i think it, you're just doing so much of what you want to do in cunning with this card. The art is incredible. I mean, this this card is going to look really good, <laughs> like like they all will. But this one, I think, especially in in um, in a hyperspace format. But I think you know it's it's becoming very clear that cunning is like the it's the the card player's aspect of choice. The 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 those who want like a really like a chess match in this game are going to be playing cunning and um and that that is very very scary <laughs> because i think some of the things that these cunning cards can do and this one being no exception are just so disruptive and so frustrating to sit across from and um it's going to be really hard to ignore with just how strong some of these abilities are ignore cunning as an aspect altogether i uh, my personal feeling is that it is the best of the four and um and so i'm not surprised to get the feedback we got in the q a i think it's just you know th this is like this is the topper this is the topper on on what has been a tremendous month of reveals for cunning and and is really you know a flex for how powerful this aspect is going to be there's not a whole lot of uh of solid ground to stand on at this point in my opinion to leave cunning out of your deck building mm -hmm. now it depends what you want to do as a player if you're not into this sort of 
control disruption, you know, way of playing. If you just want to, you know, go face and play cards and turn them sideways, maybe cutting's not for you. But aside from that, it does feel like we've seen a lot of really strong cards, specifically in that aspect, like you said, that are drawing you inexorably towards playing cunning, at least in one of the decks that you're testing. You know, and and the leaders are helping with that too, right? I mean, Boba Fett seems incredible. Thrawn, although he's got his flaws, is at the very least enticing. Jin Urso's gonna do some stuff. And then Han Solo. You know, there's there's some argument there about yes, it's gonna feel really bad if if he runs into one of these many exhaust abilities, but the ability to stack your resources the way Han's able to do has a lot of value. So, I I feel like you have to take a really hard look at cunning, like you said, and just and just understand that it's gonna be frustrating to play against at times. But it also may be super valuable in your own hands, as well as in the hands of your opponents. So, I think I think cunning as an aspect uh, is it, it's got some stuff going for it after November, which makes sense because it was cunning month. But you know, I'm also not counting out any of these other any of these other aspects. Like going into going into November, I I would have told you that I thought that vigilance was the weakest aspect. And then we got Luke and Jedi lightsaber, and it's it, it's amazing how yes, not all the cards are revealed, but it's amazing how the existence of two cards can completely turn that argument on its head. Now, if you ask me what the what the the weakest aspect is, I don't know if I could tell you. I think it's a complete toss up. I think that there's there's value in all of these right now. I mean, maybe maybe it's aggression. Yeah, I I don't know how the, there's a world in which. The, the object of the game is to take out your opponent's base, that aggression would be the weakest. But, like, command is ramping, which is awesome. Vigilance is protecting, which you, you probably want to do. And then Cunning's doing all the shenanigans. So where does aggression fit in? You know, do you value the that amount of damage more than you value ramping? Do you value that amount of damage more than you value protecting yourself? Like... Where do your values fit in? Like it's a it's a really interesting dance that is being done between these four these four main aspects that aren't heroism and villainy. Uh, that it that I think is only going to intensify as we get more cards, and and the 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 scale just keeps tipping one way or another, and that's something that to really be excited about with this game. Yeah, I mean, no no question. You know, choose your flavor, right? And and I think. Um, there's something for everybody that's, that's been made very clear. And so, um, I don't, I don't see, uh, a reason to really look at any of the aspects as weak at this point, because I think there's just, there's something for everyone. And there's, there's it, every aspect is going to do something better than the other three. And so it just is going to come down to your strategy and your game plan and how you want to play the game. And I think that sh those choices are part of what makes this game so appealing. Well, I think right now, just to, I mean, just in my own view, with the reveals of Cunning and No Good to Me Dead this month, I think, I think Villain Cunning is probably in its own tier at this point. But, um, but after that, it's, you know, anybody's guess <laughs> as to, you know, where, where things will land. So, 
Uh, but I, I definitely feel very strongly about what we've seen from uh, from Cunning here, and and it's it's I, I think it's it's coming it's coming to a point where it, it's establishing a lead, at least for me, in terms of um, in terms of where where the aspects land. Well, we all know I'll be playing villain Cunning by default, at least to try to get Thrawn to where I think he he needs. To I be. mean, Thrawn too. My goodness, like <laughs> super high level leader, like really really good. Um, Really, really good bone to to throw at the uh, <laughs> all the, the the skilled card players out there. Yeah, but you know we say that, and there are still leaders that have not been revealed. So when those get revealed, maybe our minds will change, and and when more units like Luke and more events like Cunning get dropped into the into the discords and into the atmosphere, what are we gonna think? Uh, all things said. The next couple months for Star Wars Unlimited are going to be really exciting as we push forward to the March release, which we can't wait for. It's going to be awesome. But that is going to wrap it up for our top 10 cards of November. What did you guys think of our ratings? Feel free to roast us or agree with us in the comments below. Were there any cards that you think we left out? Did we get our order wrong? Where do you land on some of these cards that we saw that we put on our rankings? Uh, feel free to let us know. and. Again, if you made it this far, thank you so much for taking the time to let us share our thoughts with you about this game that is only three months away. Uh, so excited, and you know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try to be a little bit more consistent with our content to this point. But it's good to just get back on the on the mic with you, Corwin, and and you know re re uh, rekindle the hype flame because I I mean I just I want this in my hands and I want it in my hands now. Yeah, yeah, it's coming, but but certainly um, not not a month that was uh, that was producing any sort of disappointment or a chiseling away at that hype. It's it's certainly the the train is rolling and plenty to do. Full speed, plenty ahead. to do. Full speed ahead. So thank you all for tuning in. Uh, this has been Roll On Gaming. For my brother, I'm Corwin. For my brother Corwin, who are we? I have no idea. It's time to sign off. I'm Kevin. He's Corwin. We are Roll On Gaming. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Have a great day.